Welcome back to Time Out Radio on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. This is your host, Rohan Bakshi. I've grown up in Davis and everyone here is used to seeing our fields and parks full of kids of all sizes playing soccer on Saturdays. Around the perimeter of the fields are soccer families cheering wildly and handing out boxes of orange slices to kids at halftime. Some of their team names, let's just say unique names chosen by enthusiastic young players, Silver Lightsabers, Navy Nightmares, Blackbirds, Flying Cobras, my sister and I have been on all of those teams over the years. Come fall, Davis is transformed into Soccer City, and every other kid in town is playing youth soccer, which is what this episode of Time Out Radio is all about. These days, I've put those crazy team names behind me, and I'm a goalkeeper for AYSO United Davis, a year-round competitive team. In kicking off my research for this episode, I was surprised to find out that AYSO was a grassroots movement that got its start in my home state of California 60 years ago. Los Angeles has had a long-standing soccer culture kept going by its immigrant communities from Mexico, Central America, and Europe. One of the founders of AYSO was Han Sterley, who organized youth soccer games for the Los Angeles German Soccer Club in North Hollywood. To avoid trips across town, he got together boys in his suburb of Torrance into soccer teams and created a league of nine teams. He promoted the league to immigrant parents who moved to the recently developed area to work in the growing aerospace industry. Sterling was a graphic artist and he designed the first AYSO logo. His wife cleaned the team uniforms and brought orange slices to games because she had a whole crate of oranges that were donated by a supporter who worked with the citrus growers cooperative Sunkist. Everyone was invited to join the league and kids were guaranteed to play in games. For the first couple of years there were no age groups and many players didn't even have cleats. Children of all ages played on the same team. AOISO was officially created in 1964 by Sterling and a handful of other soccer enthusiasts and they adopted the policy of balanced teams where stronger players were distributed around the league and team rosters were shuffled each season. The policy of everyone plays made sure that all players got to play at least half a game. Because of this, AYSO games had specific times for substitution of players. The San Fernando Valley region north of LA started the first girls AYSO league in 1972. AYSO founders recalled that back then, there was a lack of awareness and even lots of prejudice about soccer in the United States. Some people didn't like soccer players using their baseball fields for this new game that they viewed as foreign. From these rough beginnings, AYSO has now grown into one of the largest youth soccer organizations in the United States for players ages 4 through 19. From its start in an LA suburb with just 125 players, it has now grown into a non-profit organization that has 50,000 teams and 650,000 participants, supported by more than 250,000 parents who volunteer as coaches, referees, team parents, administrators, and sponsors. It has local programs called Regions in all U.S. states, as well as in the U.S. Virgin Islands and Trinidad and Tobago. 
Each region has a regional commissioner and a board that manages their own operations and makes sure AYSO rules are followed. There are 20 or so paid employees at its national headquarters. AYSO depends on volunteers to coach, referee, manage tournaments, market its programs, and develop players. It has a youth referee program where youth over 12 can volunteer to referee and earn service hours. The AYSO Safe Haven Child and Volunteer Protection Program trains volunteers and staff to screen for and prevent child abuse. The Very Important Player or VIP Program, which is now known as the EPIC or Everyone Plays in Our Community Program, has been around since the 1990s. It gets children and teens with physical and intellectual disabilities involved in playing soccer at a pace that works for their needs. I was an epic buddy for a couple of years and it was a fun and rewarding experience. As a buddy, I helped out players practice their soccer skills on weekends. AYSO has allowed kids who otherwise would not have discovered soccer get involved in it and develop their talents. One of its earliest players was Marine Kano, who realized that he had goalkeeper skills while playing on one of the first AYSO teams. He played in the inaugural AYSO season when he was about 9 years old. His school did not have a soccer program. Kano ended up becoming a professional goalkeeper, a college soccer head coach, played on the 1976 U.S. national team, and ran youth soccer camps. When he was 15, his parents found $150 in his pocket, and it caused quite a commotion in his house, because they thought he earned it by selling drugs. He was actually getting paid for playing on a local semi-pro team, and they didn't know about it. Just like the invaluable opportunity it gave Kano, AYSO has launched many other soccer careers such as those of Landon Donovan, Kobe Jones, and Carlos Bocanegra. Many members of the U.S. women's national soccer team like Mia Hamm, Brandi Chastain, Julie Foudy, and Alex Morgan played in AYSO. The American Youth Soccer Organization celebrates its 60th anniversary next year, and it carries on its history of giving every kid a chance to experience the beautiful game of soccer, and in the process some tasty orange slices. Our guest on today's episode is Sam Councilman, longtime soccer player in Davis AYSO's Registrar. Our place of the week is Torrance, California, where the story of AYSO first began. Up next is Whatever Comes My Way by Felly. Whatever comes, whatever comes 
thought you were too hard Count your blessings first and play the cards You dealt these days, can't hardly hear myself I'm holding on, but you could tell what's wrong I'm miss you when you're gone And it's so wrong to have to move on For someone you love to get where you're going Saying hi, hi We laugh it off until we cry Welcome back to Time Out Radio on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. This is your host, Rohan Bakshi. Joining us now on the show is Sam Councilman, who is the registrar here at Davis AYSO. So Sam, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Davis AYSO is the Davis American Youth Soccer Organization. You played soccer your whole life and all through high school and college. So first of all, what got you into soccer um, and what kept you playing it for so long? You know, I'm actually from England. That's where I was mm. born. And we moved to the States when I was about four or five years old. And so I actually think it was like the most logical sport for my parents to put me in. <laughs> um, they didn't know volleyball or basketball. Um, and then America didn't have rugby or cricket or netball. So I think that's what got me into soccer uh, was my parents putting me there and it was the only sport that really made sense. But then my dad was my coach. Um, so that gave me a really good connection. And then just growing up, it's where my best friends uh, were made. And that's what kept me playing. And those connections, like it's something like to this day, that's why I'm still involved with soccer. Yeah, for sure. Soccer can definitely have uh, those long lasting connections that it builds through, you know, the game. So you've been coaching girls and women's soccer since 2018. What made you want to go into the coaching side of soccer? It was actually my my high school soccer coach at an end of season banquet. She (laughs) said in front of everyone, Sam will make a great soccer coach someday. (laughs) And that just kind of stuck. So when I finished playing um, at Washington State and I moved down to California, like I didn't know anyone or anything and I was starting my career, um, but I knew soccer. And um, I knew she said I would be a good soccer coach. So I I took that leap and and that ended up being a pretty good choice um, because it it definitely fit me and my personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being on the coaching side is, you know, pretty different from being on the playing side. Um, What aspect of coaching did you initially find the most challenging when you first started out coaching? um, And how were you able to overcome that? For me, when I first started out, like parents were so nerve wracking. (laughs) So I was like a youth soccer coach for the first time. Right. And um, like as a coach, we're put in positions where we we make decisions for the benefit of the team. And sometimes that means disappointing individuals and that can be the players. But for me, it was really the parents. And I was like, oh, I don't want to disappoint the parents. Like they've enrolled their kid in something that's supposed to be fun. And so to, for me, it was like reconciling. It was my own sort of like brain saying like, oh, like the parents aren't having fun where I knew the kids were having fun. Like, and if I'm making the best decisions for the team, 
it means the team is getting better. The player is getting better. Everyone's having fun. And so I just have to like trust myself and my decision-making and let the, the parent expectations for myself and the team kind of go away because like everyone is ultimately on that same page. Mm-hmm. And let's look on the flip side. What aspect of coaching do you most enjoy? I love a team huddle. So like the thing you do like right before the game or at halftime, loves it as a player. Now as a coach, I kind of, I give my players kind of a final instruction. You know, this is what we worked on. This is what we'd like to see. Like it's, it's your team, get in that huddle and, and let's all get going and getting to witness now the energy from the huddle and, and the good vibes coming out of it. Like I never get, never get tired of that. Yeah, for sure. And as a coach, how do you know what it, takes to bring out the best in a young player's ability i kind of view my job as a coach is is just catching people doing good like no one's going to step on a soccer field and try to make a mistake everyone's out there trying to do their best and and my job and what i think brings the best out of players is, is saying hey i see you like i see you doing work i see you trying new things and excelling at them um, so for me, just just catching people doing good over and over and over again, I think that's what leads to player development and brings out the most joy and, and brings out the best. Yeah. And um, after graduating from college at Washington State University, you moved to Davis for your first job. And so some people who see you on the field coaching may be surprised to actually know that soccer is not your full time job. And I read that you're actually an agricultural pesticide scientist. So how does your scientific background influence the way you coach? So science, I kind of found it in college. And the science that I do in in particular is, is really cause and effect. So you you notice something and you observe something and, and you try to make it better. So if I do this um, with a plant, what is the effect of it? And is it positive? And when that's happening, you have to let what plays out plays out. You can't mess it up in the middle. You got to do the cause and let the effect fully run through. So I think when it comes to coaching, I am really able to just let things happen. And I observe them happening, even if it's going wrong, <laughs> and then have a conversation after like, this is what I observed is happening. Why did that happen? Let's put a plan in place to fix it. And then we'll let the effect roll out again. And I think when it comes to my coaching style, that's been really helpful. Yeah, for sure. And now let's move on to talking about the American Youth Soccer Organization or the AYSO, which is the organization that you coach for. AYSO was founded back in 1964 in Torrance, California with about 125 players. And today that number has grown to more than 625,000 young athletes nationwide. And AYSO is a big deal in Davis and parks in the city are, you know, full of kids playing soccer every weekend um, around town. So tell us a little bit about the evolution of the Davis AYSO program. Yeah, if you if you live in Davis, you've probably seen Davis AYSO. (laughs) Um, We've been around as an organization in Davis um, since like 79. And then I've been involved with uh, the organization since 2018. So I can give a a recent evolution. But I know since uh, the 70s, fall is the bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Fall soccer, that's when everyone comes out. That's when everyone's playing. And then from there, when it comes to AYSO programming, it's always been like driven by the community. 
So every program that's come out from fall, it's, you know, does it enrich children's lives? Does the program impact young adults in a positive way on and off the soccer fields? So when it comes to um, our spring soccer program, say you don't want to play soccer on the weekends, you just want to play on Fridays and 11 v 11 soccer really isn't your thing. You just want to play 7 v 7, you know, eight goals in a game, a whole lot of fun spring soccer is for you. If you really loved fall soccer and you just want that energy to keep going, then Alliance soccer is for you. If you want to play competitive soccer, a year-round team with friends from your school and the community instead of strangers at a big complex, then United Soccer is for you. And now, even in the last year, you know, say your kids are playing soccer and you want to play soccer again, then <laughs> adult soccer is for you. And all of it has been just the community saying, like, this is our soccer home. This is the environment we want to be in. And AYSO as an organization is able to absorb and say, yeah, let's make that happen for Davis. Yeah, for sure. I think that's great to point out that, you know, Davis is a big soccer town. And so uh, AYSO has done a great job capturing uh, that aspect of Davis. So one of AYSO's philosophies is positive coaching, where coaches are trained to provide positive help and not use negative criticism of their players. And so this style of coaching seems like it might depend on the personality of the coach. So how does one train coaches to stick to this philosophy? Positive coaching is really about rewarding the effort over the outcome. And what's cool about that is everyone can control their effort. The outcome, we, we say we can try to control, but at the end of the day, there's going to be things outside of our control that lead to, say, a win, a loss, a, a good move, a bad move. And no matter anyone's coaching style, rewarding effort, we can do that. So when it comes to training coaches, it's, it's making them aware first that rewarding effort is what it's about and why that leads to positive outcomes and why it leads to player development. And then it's just giving them the tools, right? So when we are giving feedback as coaches, reward the effort first. That was a really good try. Then what can you do to fix it to make the outcome better next time? And then give more encouragement at the end of that of let's go, let's try again. And rewarding that effort in that way and, and continuously reminding, if we give coaches those tools and then we put them in a positive environment that says it's okay to make mistakes, that says it's okay to have the most amount of fun out there that you can, if you put coaches in a positive environment, it's hard to be the negative one. Yeah, for sure. And another one of AYSO's philosophies is good sportsmanship. What are some aspects of being a good sport that AYSO coaches focus on? The first thing that always comes to mind is that if you are playing an AYSO team, you should always expect a post-game handshake. If you're the opponent and if you're the referees, you know, being able to do the two, four, six, eight, who do we appreciate? And the one, two, three, thank you referees. You should always expect that from an AYSO team. Um, you know, no matter the outcome of the game, no matter what transpired during that game, we still got to play a game for fun. And that it wouldn't be possible without opponents, without the referees. And it's instilling that thankfulness that brings soccer to fields all around us. Yeah. And lastly, AYSO is 
not just for the young athletes, it's a full on family experience. Um, and there is, of course, the child or sometimes several children in a family that play soccer in AYSO. But around the United States, AYSO also has more than 250,000 family members who volunteer as coaches, referees, and, you know, other administrators. What do you think encourages so much family involvement in AYSO and keeps families involved for so long? I think, you know, AYSO is upfront. We are all volunteer run. If you take a lot of individuals that give a little bit of time, it creates this community buy-in like no other. And everyone's got to gotta give a little. Being volunteer run means everyone is invested. You know, no one wants their child to have a bad experience. And at AYSO, parents are really able to take that into their own hands. AYSO has amazing training for, for coaches, for referees, for administrators. You know, I'm a better professional because of the training that AYSO has given me. And so if, if you're trained right, um, you have a good environment and you're invested because it's, it's your own community that you're there for, then that's what gets people involved and then keeping them involved. It's just a whole lot of fun. Uh, like the the people that volunteer with AOSO, like some of my best friends, always good for a laugh, always good to vent to, always good to have fun out on the field with. And it's that buy-in and it's it's being the community's place when you're driven by the community and run by the community. Um, everyone around you is, is there for a good time. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining me on Time Out Radio today and great to talk to you. Great stuff. Thank you. All right, that's Sam Councilman, who is the registrar at AYSO Davis. It's been a long time since I've seen the colors of the sunrise breaking at the dawn. It's been a long night on the road to nowhere, but you found me somewhere in the dark.
And that was Feeling For You by Milky Chance. In today's travel segment, we visit Torrance, a coastal city in the Los Angeles metropolitan area. It is the birthplace of the American Youth Soccer Organization and is home to 150,000 people. The area was originally home to the Tongva Native American people and it had extensive marshlands. Then in 1784, Spain gave the land in this territory of New Spain to soldier Juan José Dominguez. The area was divided in 1846, with the part that would be later Torrance given to José Loreto and Juan Capistrano Sepúlveda in the Alta California region of Mexico. Then, in the early 1900s, real estate developer Sidney Torrance bought part of an old Spanish land grant and created an industrial and residential community south of Los Angeles. The town of Torrance was founded in 1912 and was named after him. The downtown area was designed on a diagonal so that the trade breezes coming in from the Pacific Ocean could clear industrial pollution away from residential neighborhoods. The Pacific Electric Red Car connected downtown LA to the new development. In the early 1920s, oil was discovered in its grounds, and people started moving there. The area was covered with oil wells, and some families even had an oil well in their backyard. These oil wells were eventually removed by the 1960s because people realized that they were quite an eyesore. Before World War II, the region was one of the few in the country that allowed non-U.S. citizens to lease land. This led to Torrance's rich, multicultural community. The area has the second largest Japanese population in the U.S., second only to Honolulu. Torrance is home to the U.S. headquarters of Japanese automaker Honda and Japanese airline ANA. Check out one of Torrance's large Japanese supermarkets for sushi, sashimi, mochi donuts, groceries, appliances, and all kinds of other goods. The city also has lots of excellent ramen shops where you can enjoy big bowls of the steaming noodle dish. Once you've had your fill of ramen, walk it off at Torrance's 1.5 mile long shoreline along the Pacific Ocean. Torrance Beach is part of the Santa Monica Bay and is quieter than some of the other more crowded beaches around it if you want to ride your bicycle along its bike trail or feel like surfing. For more outdoor recreation, check out Madrona Marsh, a 43-acre wetland and nature preserve where you can bring your binoculars to spot birds, wildlife, rare insects, and native plants. 
It's one of the last remnants of the extensive marshland that once covered the Southern California coastal plain. So that wraps up our journey to our place of the week, Torrance. Alright, let's call a timeout for Timeout Radio. This was your host, Rohan Bakshi. You're listening to KDIRT 95.7 FM, where the grassroots grow. Have a great day, everyone.